Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman podcast, where I sit down with fabulous people for go win conversations. Go win is being consistent and doing the right things that allow for you to achieve the wins you have defined for your life so that you can live out your greatest story, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I want three things to happen from this podcast. I want you to learn. I want you to be inspired, and I want to see community happen. I want to see you come into the Hedy Coleman, the Go Win community, and be a part of it so we can continue to help each other achieve the wins that we have defined for ourselves so that we can live out our greatest story. You see the fog? I Do see you it. See the fog? I see, I'm telling you. I've been there. Oh, my I goodness. Uh, and so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, today I'm sitting down with a very fabulous, fabulous, I came into that. We actually walked into the, uh, we, my mom calls it the podcast center together. It's kind of awesome. And she was all in. She was all in. Katie, Kinder, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you came. Guthrie, Oklahoma is where it's at. Guthrie, Oklahoma, Guthrie, America is the jam. It really is. I'm so grateful to be from here and to also live here yeah. still. Yeah. Raise my kids here. I'm telling you, I got Told my husband we're gonna buy a house in Guthrie. You this should is happening. I know a realtor. We can call him right yeah? now. He okay. Would come okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just go home and say I have bought a house. We have, we have the house. This we is are this is what ready. happened. Yeah, yeah, this is what happened. I went to do a podcast. See what happened was. That's See what, what happened, happened was. was. Yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, thank you for coming down. Yes. Yes, I te- I deeply appreciate it. Thank you for saying yes to being. On the podcast. I love it. Uh, just following you on. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's at Untold Teaching Truths. At Untold Teaching Truth. What's the backstory behind it? Well, um, you know, pre pandemic, I was teaching English in Putnam City and I was going around to conferences. They asked me to speak, do some breakouts, and I started you know, talking and and people would come see me after my session and say, we'd love to buy your book. And I'd be like, I don't have a book. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you should write one. I'm like, yeah, you should too. Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> and so then COVID hit. And some people cleaned their houses or worked out or cooked. And I wrote my book. And Untold Teaching Truths is what it's called. And I released it last year. And it's really the... The book I'd like to get in every baby teacher's hands. That's, those are new teachers, first five years. And uh, that's my heart is to keep them in the this noble profession. So that's the backstory on Untold Teaching Truths. So I decided to make it my my Instagram handle. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, I just learned a few minutes ago that you're no longer going into the classroom. Oh, yes. I am stepping out. I'm going to be training teachers all over the nation, maybe the world. The world. Let's just Are we world. just going to go world? <laughs> let's, We're going let's global. Let's <laughs> teaching teachers all over the world. Listen, now, now, go win. Here's, here's a question for okay. you. Talking about teaching teachers all over the world, is it the same? Yes. Like regardless of where you're at in the world, Teaching is teaching. Yes, 100%. I mean, you've got different cultures and different areas, but uh, I have some friends in Australia. I keep saying, I did a commercial in Australia, Hetty, and 
it ran on their televisions. And I'm always like, oh, I'm famous in Australia. Like, will you, like, I got a couple podcasts I've been on. I'm like, will you fund my trip to Australia? And they're like, no, you're not really famous. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but I was talking to uh, Travis, who runs a podcast out of Australia called Just a Teacher Podcast. Because uh, he was sick of saying, you know, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a teacher. No, we are teachers and we are changing the world. Anyway, that's what he called his podcast, and it's the same. The teachers are tired, and they have a shortage, and they don't have subs. And uh, so I was, um, you know, shocked to hear that it's like that there too. Mm. And I do. I think it's. I think it's global. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Okay. Tell me about the Katie uh, who grew up and became an adult. Okay, so Hetty, I was in trouble a lot. I got suspended. I was in fights. Are you serious? I'm serious. Like, wait, are you talking elementary, middle school, high school, all through? Um, well, I think it was about fourth, fifth grade when okay. I realized I could take the power from the teacher. This is horrible. And <laughs> Wait a second. I love the way you said that. You realized that you could take the power right. from the teacher. By acting foolish. By acting foolish. And I could get the attention. And so about fifth grade to about 10th grade, I was in a lot of trouble. I got into a lot of trouble and I finally had a soccer coach that came to me and said, what are you doing? You're good. Like you could go play college, but you better knock it off. And here's the thing. Like you hear about like minister's kids and also principal's kids. My mom, rock star educator, she's principal, superintendent, you know, so I had to, I had to toe that line. I had to, and I crossed it a lot. Uh And uh, yeah, so I got into some trouble. And, you know, and it wasn't any, like, thing super devious, but I was honoring. I was a talker, and I was, I thought it was funny. And, yeah, and I almost went, as a teacher, you know, paybacks, you know what paybacks are. And I almost want to, like, reach out to some of those teachers and be like, hey, boo, I'm really sorry. (laughs) Like, uh, but I do connect with some of those babies who are big personalities because I get, I get them. I get them. And, uh, so yeah, that's what my childhood, my poor parents, they had to go and like meet with the principals and be like, what are we going to do with this kid? (laughs) What's going to happen? She's going to grow up to be a teacher. Like what? She's going to grow up to be a teacher. (laughs) She's got to go and experience what she has given out. (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. So, so you said from fifth to 10th grade, Miss Chivia's, just honorary, acting out in class, mm. recognize that in being that type of person, you could take the power from the teacher, meaning that they would lose control of the classroom, and then all the attention kind of goes on you? Right. So it was never like something always in my heart from day one was that I am a champion of the underdog. Mm. So anybody who was picking on someone who was weaker than them really made me upset. So it's not like I would ever pick on anyone. But if somebody was in power, I'm going to take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I did to some of my teachers. My strong teachers, I couldn't take their power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember having an English teacher, Miss Staley, and it was ninth grade, and they're, they want to have this conversation with my parents and all of my teachers. My math teacher was 
was mad at me because I kept spelling her name wrong on purpose in the top. She said, this is how you fill out a paper. You put your name and you put the period name and you put my name. And if you don't spell my name right, I'm going to take five points off. So I thought that was funny. And so I misspelled it every single time purpose. And so here comes, here come my parents and they are, you know, they're in their power suits and my mom's a principal and my dad's a high powered executive at Southwestern Bill Yellow Pages, which oh, is no wow. longer a thing. Wow. Uh, Yellow Pages. And now where were y'all, where were y'all at? We're in Tulsa. We're Broken Arrow. Tell, okay. Broken Arrow. Okay. Yeah. And so here we sat around this table and, and I had an, my English teacher and everybody went around and says, you know, she does this in my class. She does this in my class. She spells my name wrong. And my English teacher was just like, I love her. And my mom said, that, that's it. I'm not telling you to love our kid. I'm telling you to act like you love her. Uh. <laughs> right? And, and I did. I worked hard for the teachers that I knew loved me. Mm. Or at least acted like that. Or at least pretended. <laughs> <laughs> least pretended that they loved you. So so out of that comes t- 10th grade, soccer coach comes to you. What are you doing? What are you doing? Coach Kenzer. What did that look like moving forward from there? Well, uh, I kind of – I always maintained a pretty good GPA regardless of – that was a that was an expectation in my home mm-hmm. if I wanted to hang out with friends or do the things that I loved, which was to play soccer. And so, you know, I, A's and B's – and uh, so, you know, when they pull up her grades, it's not like she's failing. Yep. She's ornery yep. and won't stop talking. And so I played. I became a captain, uh, Broken Arrow, state champs, take state, 1998. Did what? you really? Should In I wear soccer? my <laughs> yes. You should have wore your ring. I should have worn it. You like, didn't have a ring? That? No, I have a ring. I don't know where it is. That's upsetting. I'm going to find it when I get home. And... uh yeah, and then I went to the University of Oklahoma. I did not play soccer. And now, I, why didn't you play soccer? Well, I thought I was better than I was. <laughs> I mean, I got a couple of offers from some small universities, gotcha. Evergreen State College for Women. I just wasn't going to go there. Okay. God, I bet they're wonderful. I should have. Um, but I'm very grateful that I didn't because I met my husband at OU. We have our two babies and uh, just had a great time, uh, Boomer Sooner. And then I went into the workforce and I decided that I didn't want to be my mom, this educational rock star who fed communities and had a community school and was on the news all the time. And I was living in her, her light and her shadow. So I was like, I'm not a teacher, like petulant. Like, ugh. And I went to OU. I got my uh, public relations degree mm. and I started working and I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. And I was working for a muscular dystrophy association. Once a month, we got to work with the DECA kids. And for two years, my heart would pitter pat when I pulled up to a school like, oh my gosh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it took me two full years to tell my mom. She was not gracious. She was like, you're grounded. I was 25. She's like, give me your keys. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I went back and I stepped into the classroom, Putnam City High School, freshman English. And I loved it. It's exactly where I was supposed to be. So you spent all of your time in Putnam City? No, I um, had a brief stint in another district. Okay. And But Putnam City really was home. Gotcha. And so I uh, 
I went back. I, I really kind of landed in middle school because I'm kind of weird, and middle school kids are really weird. And and that's kind of where I thought that I felt like I had the biggest impact on kids. And so I I was in an eighth grade English class for many years at Cooper Middle School in Putnam. That's a that's always going to be a home to me. Gotcha. How do you define leadership? Servanthood. I just think that I'm going to quote a friend of mine named Charles Williams, who says, if serving is beneath you, then leading is beyond you. And I, I think be leery of people who are leading from above and not serving and not doing the things that it takes to make sure a school building or a business or like you are in servanthood to people when you are the boss, you know, if I walk into a classroom, those babies sitting in front of me, I'm serving them. I love them. I'm not their friend, but I am going to give it my all every day. I'm going to drop that mic. I'm going to bring the same energy to first hour that I'm going to bring to seventh because our kids deserve that. So that's what leadership means to me. It's to serve the people. Who have you seen, uh, lead in that way well like who set some good examples for you and can you share any stories sure uh i've had a couple of leaders that have been they've been hard to work for and i and i understand too like i end up feeling sorry for them because it came from their own insecurities right but i started working for a man named mark lebsack and he's not even on social media or Twitter or anything. I can't even tag him in this when this drops. Okay, that's how you know. Like, I'm not going to gain send anything. Him the link. Do we, We're going to email him. Send him the link. <laughs> I worked for uh, Mark Lebsack, and he was principal at Cooper, and he hired me over there. And he just people first. You knew that you were a person before you were a piece of data, before you were a warm body in a classroom. You knew. That if you needed to bring your sick kid to school and have them curl up on an air mattress under your desk, that he was going to be completely fine with it because he knew that you were a mom first or he knew that you had a family and he was familial. He just check in with you. He didn't need anything from you. We saw him every day. He was in classrooms every day. He was down the hall every day. He loved kids. He served kids. He served teachers. He was a servant leader. And uh, he's over in Mustang now. And uh, he always will go down as someone who, you know, if the floor needed to get mopped, he was going to mop it. If a fight broke out, he was going to put himself in between it. Uh, if a teacher was sobbing, he was going to go straight to her room and he was going to make sure that she was okay. He's phenomenal. Yeah. I know, like, now with your new job with Paradigm Shift. Yeah. Paradigm shift leadership. Hashtag education. Education, hashtag education. <laughs> yeah. How do you teach that? How do you teach leadership? I don't know. Um, I would love to have a workshop with principals, with superintendents. I mean, I'm a big proponent of if you're a superintendent in a school, no matter how large the district, how small the district, like we should see you. You should be in classes. You know, principals should never get disconnected with the plight of teachers. Teachers should never be disconnected with the plight of students. And if you're a superintendent, then you're also like, you're covering classes every now and then. You can't ever be like, oh, 
I'm going to sit in my office. No. And I think the best superintendents, the best principals, you see them, they're visible. You can find them, trust them, you feel safe. And that's what I would like to see is that people are stepping in and doing the work. I think that that breeds confidence and team and you know little johnny who's lost his mind in third hour if my principal can step in and and take on that class that's that's where it's at yeah so in in looking at leadership from that perspective kind of showing up being able to serve people being where they're at being in the hallways i think there should be a book called hallway leadership taylor doe not taylor doe taylor upchurch our, he's our re- tell me he's writing that book. He, he's not. But the reason I say that is because I just had him on the podcast. Taylor, let's write the book. The other day. Taylor. And, and he was talking about <laughs> being out in the hallways. Like that, that was his MO. Right. As a teacher and then also as a principal. Now that he's a principal. Yeah. Is being in the hallways, connecting with people, let them know that you're there. Yeah. Creating that trust. Right. They feel safe. Taylor, let's write the book. So one of the things about Mark, you asked me for a story. So there was one of the most, it was back in like 2015, I think. So it's been a second. But one of the most violent fights I ever saw as a teacher. Girls. And they were both vying for power. And I think their parents wanted, like, were hyping them up to fight. And they did. And it, there were, it was violent. And there was blood. And there were, was hair everywhere. And there was, and by the time we got our kids back in the classroom, like, I was, bawling because I loved both the kids Mm -hmm. and I was and I went out there and I Mark was out there my principal and we were both crying Mm -hmm. and we were picking up hair and we were we were just devastated and he like he was gonna he got his gloves on and he was gonna wipe up the blood and he was gonna make sure nobody saw it and that's what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. that's the kind of leader that's kind of principal you want yeah yeah no, that's really good. Talk okay, let's let's go to books. Let's go to books. You've written a book. I've written a book. So evidently you understand the power in a book. Yes. What's a book that has influenced you? I love Adam Welcome's Kids Deserve It. I love Dave Burgess Teach Like a Pirate. Do you know Dave? No. He, it really changed my life. You know, I didn't go I'm alternatively certified. So I didn't go through like a teacher okay. program, right? I learned everything I know on the job. And so when I step into the classroom for the first time, I don't know what I don't know. I'm teaching in rows and there's like textbook and there's questions in the back and it was boring. I didn't know what to do. I was sat on my stool just like, what's up? You know, it's boring. Yeah. And I start to learn and Dave Burgess, I get a hold of Dave Burgess's book, Teach Like a Pirate. And it was just like how it can be different. Like you can stage your classroom in a certain way and you can, um, he would wear, he taught 11th graders in California and he would wear like Salem witch trial and he was teaching that and he would dress up as Rosie the Riveter and like walk into class. Like, <laughs> I mean, and he made like experiences yeah. like, and so a lot of my book is about what experiences are you providing for kids that they're going to remember for a lifetime. Mm. Right. So I can teach Anne Frank. I love teaching Anne Frank. And a lot of my kids don't know she dies at the end. Right. And some of them do and some of them don't. 
But we learn, here she is, she's being hunted. She's 14, so she's their age. She gets her first kiss in the annex. You know, she, all the things that they're going through, all the emotions, and she becomes our friend in the two weeks that we read her diary. And then we learn that she dies, and we have a funeral. And I've got these 250-pound football players bawling because they love her so much. And we've got these fake candles and we switch off the lights of the lives of the people in the annex and they remember. So I went to graduation, I went to Putnam City's graduation because uh, some of my babies are graduating. They invited me and, and I had this big old kid who was going, he's got full rides scholarship going to uh, Houston playing football. And, and he hugged me and he said, Miss Kinder, you still making people cry about Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> He's all remember that, you know, so they're not going to necessarily remember the Jaren phrase that you taught them, but yeah. gosh, they're going to remember that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's so good. So yeah, talking about creating these experiences, when I think about mentorship, it's about sharing your life experiences, yeah. right? And how can you pull people into that in such a way that they can walk away with something that they may apply to their own story so they can yeah. be great at whatever that is. Uh, what has mentorship look like for you? Like who are some people that has shared their life experience with you to let you get to where you're at? Gosh, I actually had, I have a mentor who literally saved my life. Like, like I wouldn't be here and my daughter wouldn't be here and my son wouldn't be here without her. Mm. Like she got me to the hospital in a time that she was my mentor teacher um, at Putnam city high school when I first started and to spare you all of the medical details, I was pregnant with my daughter. Uh, something was wrong. And I said, I'm going to go home. You know, something's wrong. I'm going to go home and be paid, take a nap. And she's, she manhandled me into a car and said, huh, uh-uh, we're going to the hospital. It's like she knew. And she got me to the hospital. And if I would have gotten in my car and tried to go home, I would have bled out internally. I had emergency surgery. She saved the life of me and my daughter. I owe her literally everything. She taught me. And when I got back from surgery and I was finally better and, uh, she taught me about classroom management. She, I would go and watch her. Um, and, but I became very like thirsty for information and I would go and find the people. I would find the teacher of the year and watch them. Somebody, if I heard that somebody was really good, I think as teachers, we sit in our rooms and we think we're doing a good job maybe, and we don't really know. And then we go home and we're tired. And then we live the next 30 years like that. Mm. But like, I think you have to reach outside of yourself and you have to find the people who are better than you. Still to this day, like I want to go and learn from the people who are better than me and learn. Yeah. And so that's really what I did. And I found those those teachers. I found the books. I found I would go on YouTube and watch Ron Clark. Do you know Ron Clark? No. He has the Ron Clark oh, Academy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. I, yes, yes. I, I know love Ron him. Clark, it yeah. is my one of my dreams as an educator. Ron Clark, will you have me to Atlanta to go and get slide certified in his school? Because he has that big old blue electric slide in the middle of his school. Uh-huh. He has teachers come for PD and they can they can go down the slide and they get a certificate that says they've been slide certified. <laughs> <laughs> Now, is, he, is he a principal or is he? He is. So he uh, was in New York City and he was a sub. He like walked into a school and didn't have any 
training either. And they, he became a, a full-time teacher. He went to Harlem and he was like, they need teachers in Harlem. I'm going. And he just became like the Disney teacher of the year. And he finally was like, I, I'm going to go start my own school in Atlanta. And he did. And he started his own school and they are, they do a lot of awesome things. Oprah has given them millions. Oprah, I'll come on your show too. Hey. And yeah. You, you just got a lot of shout outs. You got a lot. Of, I'm just going to tag all these I people. I keep waiting for Oprah. one of them to go viral. Like Oprah, like, you know, you see those clips of like, it's gone viral on Oprah. Yes. Yeah, can it be yeah, us? Yeah. I feel like it could, it should could be, be. It, it could, could be. be. It should be. So Ron started his own school in Atlanta, yeah. has a slide certificate. You just come and take the slide. Is there any more to that? No, or? no. You go and watch his teachers. So they have this whole like PD where you watch the teachers in action. Like gotcha. I hire the best teachers and then we go and we teach the kids and the other teachers, they come and they, they learn and then they go back to their schools and, and, you know, I mean, you can, I've watched Dave Burgess speak, Adam Welcome speak. I mean, these are rock star educators. Uh, we need a few more women who are speaking. Yeah. And uh, like them, but yeah, they, they've been very influential. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what are some, so let's go back to the classroom. Okay, I'm ready. Untold teacher troops, mm-hmm. right? Um, what are some right things that you feel like teachers, baby teachers, baby teachers should learn to be consistent in, in order to get through that first five years? Cause you said it's the first five years. 60% are leaving yeah. post COVID in the first five years. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. That's not sustainable. Yeah. What are we going to do? Uh, I think it's about, you know, if you can't manage them, you can't teach them. The great Kim Campbell said that. She wrote a book of the same name. If you can't manage them, you can't teach them. So if your kids aren't safe in your room, that's number one. You have to have safety. And you don't get buy-in from kids yet. At the first six, seven weeks, they don't necessarily trust you at first. Right? So you have to spend, that's the time that you are pouring into them. And I, I mean, I like Love and Logic, that book. Have you, you know about um, Love and Logic? Uh-uh. I mean, it's about like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you're talking while I'm talking. Like, it's very like, and it works with all babies, works with seniors. It works with kindergartners and uh, gosh, let's do better next time. Or, oh, do you remember that we don't throw a pencil at our friend? I love you. Please don't do it again. Like very direct with our kids, but also... Like, this is how it works in here. Because some of our kids come from homes where things are allowed that will never be allowed in the classroom, right? So you have to kind of, you know, bring the t- you know the class together in almost a family. And that starts with telling them that you love them over and over again until they believe it. And, you know, then you can start doing some of the stuff, the gamification, the you know, uh, blacking out your windows for Halloween and Edgar Allan Poe or having a funeral for Anne Frank. Uh, but first you need to make sure that the kids are safe. Number one, safety. And that is what, that's how you sustain with baby teachers. They go in and they just, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I think watching the rock stars going in and seeing and taking it and, making it for your personality. Like, of course, not every teacher is going to be as weird as I am. And I teach with props. There's a skeleton hand that I have. And we know that engagement goes up by 30% if you greet your kids at the door. 
that's number one, right? So I had this skeleton hand that I got and I love bits and I give them a little high five when they come in or I teach with it and I like, <laughs> I don't, I can't, I love it. Um, not every teacher is going to be able to, you know, pull that off. They don't feel like they can, but what does work for them? Yeah. You know, what can you do? Yeah. So, um, that's number one safety. That's cool. So you said it go, engagement goes up by 30%. Even if you're boring. 30. You, just by greeting them at the door. Hello. Oh, yeah, and you're the professional greeter. You start using that. That is <laughs> yeah, like I'm, a no. fact. Your, the engagement at your event goes up 30% just by having a professional greeter. Hire Hetty. Wow. That was hashtag That's go legit. in. But yeah. then you say that. I got a list of, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about I have a list of maybe 30 teachers here that I asked them, what is the right thing to be consistent in in order to achieve the win of being the greatest teacher imaginable? This is the thing I sent out to all of my um, teachers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, but none of them say greet at the door. That's upsetting. <laughs> maybe it's like so trivial that you're like, like even if I'm talking, let's say I'm getting some tea from one of my teacher besties. I don't care how big that T is. That's the gossip. That's the 411, everyone. I'm trying to stay up with kid vernacular. Oh, so if you're sipping the tea, you don't know that? No, I didn't know that. My kids have never sipping the tea? If you're sipping the tea, you're getting the gossip. If you're R- spilling... Sipping the tea is getting the gossip. Hetty, we need to do a whole podcast on kid vernacular. What else? Well, okay, let's go back to, we'll come back to that, okay? Okay, okay, so if you're spilling the tea, you're giving the gossip. So yeah. let's say I'm getting the best tea in the world. Don't act like you knew that, Mom. Okay. <laughs> Hedy's mom is right over there. We're best friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right? Okay. So, like, what's the tea, girl? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and so I don't care if you're getting the best tea in the school. Your kids are coming. You say, hey, I got to go. Because you don't want them to just come into your classroom without them knowing that you're there and you're saying hello and that you love them and that you're like, what's up? And they're maybe they're going to, like middle schoolers, they're like petulant, like, Miss Kinder, you do too much, right? Um, But secretly, (laughs) they love it. And they want you to know that you're there every day, right? Like if if I'm sick for a couple of days and then I'm back, Mm -hmm. you can almost see them like, oh, where Yo. Where are you at? I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry. I ate the Target sushi and I got sick. <laughs> you know, don't, don't eat. eat the Target sushi. Well, some of it's good. But, okay. um. Take your drink. Go ahead. I'm, ba- <laughs> I'm gonna. But, so you're saying that even if you're sipping the tea, but it's time to greet your students, walk away from. Walk away. Walk away from getting the goodness. Walk away. Say, hey, I want to catch up with you. But like, I need lunch. to be at my door. My baby's me. I need to say hello to them. 100%. Because I know that. When I do this, they're going to be more engaged. 100%. Wow. 30%. Even, even if you are opening up the textbook and reading out, you know, popcorn reading, which is a horrible practice. Don't ever do it. Popcorn reading and then answering the questions out of the book, your engagement goes up by 30% if you greet your kids at the door. You, so this also goes back to our hallway leadership book. Because really, you're in the hallway... As they're coming in, you're greeting them, yeah. high-fiving them, whatever yes. that may look like. Yes. Now, does this work even if you bring in a greeter to greet your students and you're in the class? So now you get – see, listen, you're going to double greet them. 
This is what this is what we're gonna do. So like maybe it goes up by sixty percent. Like we've done. <laughs> Let's just I'm put it in the book. Them, I'm <laughs> greeting them as they're coming in, high fiving them. Yeah. Miss Kinder is in the classroom. Like skeleton hand. Skeleton hand somewhere, so. like walking around as they're getting there, going to their seat. You're walking over to them, high fiving them. Yeah. Yeah, let's just let's just put it out there. <laughs> let's, I think we should try. We should do a study. We should do. We a should study. do a study, Taylor. Taylor, you can come be a part of this. Taylor, let's go. I'm, I'm gonna tag Taylor. I'm like Taylor. Really, you you should have been part of the the podcast. I mean, 100. Yeah, percent Let's just pretend just said, he's right here. He just said, love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do that. That's really interesting, though. I love that that uh, tad bit of information. So um, on here, forgiveness. You, you talk about forgiveness uh, whenever you submitted your response sure. uh, to my question. What did you mean by that? What does that look like for teachers? Every day. Every day is a new day. Gotcha. You cannot hold a grudge against a 12-year-old. So, so the student that was acting up yesterday. That I got mad at. The, come the day. We're done. It's, we're, let's, we're that back. Was yesterday. That was yesterday. You know, kids, their prefrontal cortex is not developed, especially boys, until 25. I think girls is 22, 20. Uh, I think that's what the research says in 2022. But yeah, they don't, sometimes they're like, I'm like, what are you thinking? I don't know. That's true. They don't know because that prefrontal cortex is not developed and that's the decision making. And so, yeah, I can, and I'm passionate. I'm, you can see that about me. I'm passionate about teachers and kids and school and how can we make it better? And, and sometimes that passion can come out in anger. That is one of my weaknesses. And I can get mad. And I think I said this at the beginning of the podcast that if I see an underdog mm-hmm. being picked on, that, like, there's nothing a kid can say to me that's going to hurt my feelings. Like, yeah. I don't gain confidence from kids. Just don't. I'm 41. But when a kid is picking on someone weaker than them, th- I can see red. Mm. Okay. But the next day, I love you. I love you too much for that. Mm. And we're going to come in and we're going to go. I'm not going to hold a grudge against you. And sometimes you have to like remember because like a traumatic fight or an event can happen to a kid. Like you love all your babies that are sitting in there. Yeah. And so when something happens to one of your kids that you love so much, by another kid that you love so much. It's like parenting, right? Uh, it's hard. But I like have to kind of have like a self like mantra about it. Like it's a new day. I love you. Let's go. Let's, it's time to learn. So thinking about that being true for teachers, I think also, which I, teachers are leaders. 100%. And I, and I would say the same for people who are in leadership roles as well uh understanding this whole mindset of forgiveness i talk about grace like one of the right things i say you should be consistent in when i talk about engaged leadership is grace because you never know when you're going to need it 100 percent. so always giving grace like my mindset is always to give grace to people whenever they mess yes. up because when i mess up what am i going to want grace we're going to want grace and so I, I really like that now another thing that you mentioned was growth mindset mm. yeah and so, but I think that kind of goes back to you saying, Hey, I'm, when we're talking about mentorship, he's like, I go try to find the teachers of the year and, and, and learn from them Still, and constantly develop and grow. To this day, I, I think be leery of the person who has it all figured out. They don't, mm. you know, I think that I'm constantly learning. I was at an event for Paradigm Shift yesterday at Newcastle High School with Kyle Price. Hey, Kyle. And 
I learned so much from him. He's 27. I'm 41. And then at the end of the day, he's like, I learned a lot from you. I like your, and I was like, same. I don't know. I just, I think that it's constant. Like we're always learners. So you can't just walk in and be like, I know what I'm doing. No one does. So we kind of always have to have that. Like, how could I have done that a little bit better? Let's learn. And and from that too, I think that, um, some people are like, well, I would never say that. But you are saying it by your actions by not seeking out opportunities to learn. A thousand percent. And teachers are like, well, I'm busy. I've got a grade and I have to lesson plan. And then I have this meeting and I have this meeting, a PLC meeting and an RTI meeting. And like, we're big on like acronyms. And when new people come in, we're like, well, we have PLC and we have IP and we have that. Like, and people are like, what, what, is, are you talking, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, and I get that you're busy, but. I think that staying up to date with the best practices is way more important than all of that data that you're supposed to turn in the next day or whatever. Yes, do you have to do it? But it's not a hill that you should probably die on. Mm -hmm. Go watch Hetty Coleman in that classroom. Go watch um, Kyle Price. Go watch Dave Burgess. Go watch the people Mm -hmm. that are doing it and doing it well. Seeing what they're doing different. Here's another thing talking about teachers, but also leaders. Again, teachers are leaders. I, I, whenever I go speak, I always say, stand up if there's ever been a teacher that made an impact on you, particularly the whole room. Uh, of course. Always stand. Such a and, noble profession. And it's not about me learning grammar. It's not about me learning yeah. algebra. It's just about how they serve their students. A hundred percent. Move them forward. Yes. Or having these powerful conversations in tenth grade. You need to get yourself together. You got great opportunity. Coach Kinzer. Yeah. Get, yeah. Go. Go. Make it happen. Being vulnerable. Hundred percent. What does that look like? What? What? When you wrote being vulnerable, what were you thinking at that moment? Well, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, uh, and she's the queen of vulnerability. I think it's. Being, I think that's impactful. Mm-hmm. I know that people can walk in and be like, oh, oh, I get it. No, I don't need any help. And I'm, blah. but that really comes from insecurity and fearfulness of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, I can be vulnerable with kids. You know, my daughter lives with some special needs. I talk to them about it. I'm a big proponent of the spread the word to end the word campaign. And I have my kids at the very beginning of the year, my students, and it's part of the family classroom. I say, you know, my very best friend has a son who lives with Down syndrome, and he's part of our family. And when she see, hears you say the R word, she cries herself to sleep. Like, you don't want to be, I mean, you're, I'm educating you on this word, so now we're not going to say it. My daughter, she's 15, and she will never drive a car. Her eyes move all the time. She is smart. But life can be hard and it can be lonely. And, you know, unless she doesn't have any distance vision. So she's not going to see you. So if you don't pull her into your group, she's just going to be alone. And I talk to my kids about that. Like, that's that's vulnerable for me. And then we sign a pledge that says we are not going to say that word. And if anybody says it. I get their pledge back out and then they come to see me. I call it relationship building time. It's detention at lunch. And we're going to write, you know, Jamie Foxx has a sister who unfortunately passed away, but she lived with Down syndrome. 
And he will say, buy a dictionary. Use a different word. He puts a lot of money in the spread the word to in the word campaign. And so we write him a letter and say, we're sorry. I hurt your sister with my words. Joe and Jacob Hayden. Joe Hayden is a huge proponent. He's a big um, NFL football player. He has a, and we talk about it. He has a brother who lives with special needs. And he says the same thing. Don't say it. And they see this strong, powerful man of color break down in tears. I have a video called One Love from ESPN. And he he cries. And he says, I love my brother. Don't say it. Don't say the R word. Right. Yes. And so then if a kid says it, and it's usually not out of, you know, it's part of their vocabulary. And so it's not out of being ugly. But then they have to come in and we write a letter as they eat lunch. I help them draft a letter to Joe and Jacob Hayden saying, we're sorry. I said this and I won't do it again. And I send it to him. Do you mail it? Oh, heck yeah. Do, do, do they have their address out there for that specific reason? Or is that just something you came up with? Or? That's just something I came up with. Gotcha. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it too. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. That's really cool. Uh, someone put on here, being present. Again, leaders, teachers. I'm fogging up. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You're doing a really good job too. You're doing much better than me. Uh, but being present. Is that hard for teachers? Yes. Is that yeah. Because so, you have so much going on. So much. And like you know, a teacher can teach 150 kids in a day if you're in secondary. And sometimes you just need a breath. Mm-hmm. And I'm all, I'm big from you teach from your feet. You don't, I mean, you're all around that room. Your kids are, they're too important for you to sit at a desk all day. Teach from your feet is not on your list. Why isn't that on your list? That's so good. Teach from your feet. Teach from your feet. Not from your Greeting seat. Greeting at Greeting. the door. There's none There's of Look at this list. I'm redoing this list. Go ahead. Right, right. No, uh, no, but go ahead. I think, I think teachers know that, but then they're human too, and they're tired, and their feet hurt, and they're... Uh, but again, I'm like, you got to push through all of that. And yeah, it is hard to be present sometimes, especially if you've got something going on personally or, or you've got something going on. Well, teaching is personal, right? Like, let's say you're worried about a kid who's not there mm-hmm. and they haven't been there for a couple of days and you're like, well, I want to check on them. So I'm going to send their kid an email or I'm going to send their parents an email to check on them. And, um, but I say you have to do that before school, during your plan, during lunch or after school, because when you have kids in your room, they need you. Mm-hmm. And you need to be fully present. Got you. I hate when I walk in and I see a teacher on their phone. And the phones are banned. Like, they, you can't have your phone. So your teacher shouldn't have their phone. Uh, you know, if a, if a cell phone, like, if when a kid is on, I call it digital heroin. When a kid is on their phone, they can't learn. Yeah. And all they can think about, even if it's on their desk, flipped over, they're their learning, it can't happen. So if I walk in and a teacher's on their phone, come on, man. Like, we should be actively engaged in learning with them Yeah, at all times. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, you put down one, relentlessly doing what is best for the kids. 100%. Why do you use the word relentlessly? Is it Because you have to be relentless. Yeah. So, like, let's talk about the phones. 
for just a second. I would say that that's the number one thing I get from teachers all over the nation. What do you do? That, what do you do about the kid having a phone or about the teacher? The kid. A, okay. Like they're under here, like trying to like, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not going away. I mean, smartphones are, yeah, they're, they're here. Going, yeah. Okay. And parents are giving them to their kids. And so I say ban them. We know the kids have them. They should be powered down in a backpack. They should, I mean, I want my own kid to have a cell phone. I like to watch their dot get home from school. Like I get it. But if I ever have a teacher call me and say, my son's been trying to sneak on whatever, well, I'm going to be mad. And so, yeah, the cell phones are a, such a distraction. And so I put it in my, in my four walls in my classroom. I shouldn't see them. And at first I'm like, Hey, put it up, you know, and, and we sign that we, uh, but you have to be relentless about doing what's best because it's easier to sit at your desk and play on your phone while the kids are sitting at their desk and playing on their phone. I'm sure that's easier, but you have to be relentless about doing what's best for kids. And I've got all this research about phones and digital heroin and what your brain looks like and why our kids are digitally addicted. I mean, we are too, mm-hmm. right? When I, when I sat down here with you, I was like, I'm taking this, I'm putting it in my purse. It was my phone and I don't want any distractions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same for our kids. And so that's the number one. We have to be relentless about doing what's best for kids and putting those phones up in the classroom is what's best for them. Yeah. And I guess what I like when you compare, when you use the word relentlessly doing what's best for the students, when it comes to phone, it really has to be like, you got to be all in and making sure that they put those. Right. That's not an easy thing for anybody. Like, no. Even you just said, putting up my phone, like, I really got to, like, oh my goodness, I got to be detached from it. I ain't going to look at it's it. It's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be so hard. Yes, yes. But it's what's best, not only for, I think, students, but for the environment of creating this opportunity for people to learn. Right. Uh, so your percentage of greeting them at the door doesn't go down. Right. It continues to go up. Right. You know, because uh, right. there's not going to be much engagement regardless how much reading you do if a phone is available. Right. So, no. So true. So true. So true. Uh, this is good. Tell us why people should read your book as we as we get ready to just kind of wrap up. I mean, it's really, it's more than pedagogy, right? It's everything I wish I would have known in 2006 when I stepped into that class. It's everything that I would want to get into the hands of every baby teacher in the world. Yeah. It's engagement, inspiration, it's part memoir, it's these are the things that happened to me, these are the things that will happen to you, and there's ideas for engagement, there are, and it, it is, it's my personal journey, and it's what I would have wanted to have in my hands before I walked in, and so that's, uh, that's what's important to me about that book, is to to love on the teachers and to keep them in this profession because if we don't have them, it's hope is lost. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people find it? Uh, Amazon bookbaby.com slide into my DMS. I'll send you one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you. I, I loved it. it. I appreciate it. It I appreciate was fun. It. We, we definitely have to, uh, we have to follow back up on this hallway, uh, leadership and Taylor. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah you yeah, should bring yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Taylor, and it's going to come sit over here too. Yes, and we're going to just talk about this. Book maybe the three of us. Yeah. Uh, maybe the three of us sit and we write this book, Hallway Leadership. Yes. 
Let's pack. We work together. Here it is. Work together. Is this blue? My favorite color is blue. Hit it right there too. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Very proud of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast. Deeply appreciate it. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, as always, go win.